Welcome to BookMate, sponsored by Nimbus Publishing. I'm Costas Halavrezos. Today, Elizabeth F. Hill, author of All About Canada. Here's a test. Complete this sentence. This book contains everything from A to... Now, if you said Z, you just proved you're a Canadian. Our country's distinctive history, personalities, regional cultures, and quirks, including the way we pronounce the final letter of the alphabet, have been captured with insight and humor by Elizabeth F. Hill, author of All About Canada, a Compendium of Canadiana. Elizabeth, welcome to Book Me. Thank you. You could have called your book uh, a Canadian alphabet or a collection of Canadiana or Canadian trivia, maybe even the Canadian A to Z. How did the name (laughs) Compendium get into the title? Well, actually, that was an addition by Nimbus. My original title was simply All About Canada, and I did not have a subtitle. And they came back to me one day and they said, oh, we just love the title, but we think it needs a subtitle. And so they suggested a compendium, and we went with that. Well, let's start at the end of the book. I'm going to ask you a very personal question. Do you have a Zeddy bear? Actually, I do not have a Zeddy bear. I didn't even know that they gave them out until I read about it when I was doing my research. For people who aren't familiar with the significance of the Zeddy bear, tell us about it. If a child's birthday was sponsored by by Zellers, people could hold their birthday parties there. And uh, if they if they did have a party there, the child would get a free Zeddy bear. <laughs> so it was a promotional prize, I guess. And I suppose now, for a lot of children under the age of 10, they wouldn't even know what Zellers or Zeddy bears were. No, unfortunately, it's one of those Canadian institutions like Eaton's that has disappeared. And so, surprisingly, many people don't know about it. The retailer just got gobbled up. Yeah, it looks like it. (laughs) We know the Blue Nose as the famous Nova Scotia schooner on the Canadian dime, but you dug up a a nugget about a very close call the Blue Nose had during World War II. Yes, I did. I guess the Blue Nose was really, really world famous. This was not just uh, known in Canada. Everybody knew about the Blue Nose, and it really got around. It it went to the Chicago World's Fair, and it went to England for the Silver Jubilee of King George V. So people around the world did know about the Blue Nose. And after the Blue Nose was sold to the West Indies Trading Company in 1942, during World War II, it carried arms for the Americans. And one day it was heavily loaded with arms, and a German U-boat surfaced beside it. And they were in a bit of trouble, but the Blue Nose captain claimed to be, oh, just out fishing. And because the German commander knew of the Blue Nose, he let it go. (laughs) The world-famous fishing vessel. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of uh, marine vessels, uh, albeit some smaller ones, what qualities made birch bark ideal for First Nations canoes? Well, first of all, birch bark was readily available throughout Canada because there were so many birch trees. Secondly, birch bark is a renewable resource. It's not necessary to kill the tree to harvest the bark. So those two things were wonderful characteristics. 
And then because the bark grows around the trunk, it's easier to harvest and to use than vertical bark that's on other kinds of trees. As well, birch bark does not shrink, so sheets can be sewn together. And the canoes that they made were so much better than elm canoes or dugout logs. They were lightweight and smooth and waterproof and strong. And they could carry heavy loads, but they were also light enough to be carried over portages by one or two men. And they did manage to keep goods and passengers dry. So this is why they were the favorite material. Fantastic invention. Yes, amazing. Indigenous people have just come up with the most marvelous inventions in the canoe, particularly the birch bark canoe is one of them. We know the Inuit originated in Asia and migrated across the north, I guess as far as Greenland. What what was the significance, though, of the identification disc to Inuit in Canada? Well, this was one of Canada's not-so-good areas of treatment of Indigenous people. Um, For the Inuit, they had for three decades a system of identification which was called the Identification Disc System. And in this system, each Inuit received a a leather coin-sized disc which was stamped with a government-assigned number. And they were to sew this into their parkas or wear them around their necks all the time. And this number replaced the name of the person. So it was a very dehumanizing activity. And sometimes government officials wrote letters that addressed the individuals by their disc number and not by their personal names. So in the 1970s, um, the Inuit started what they called a project surname, which was established to assign surnames and to replace the DISC system. So the system is long gone, but it really is not a very happy incident in Canadian history. Your book suggests all kinds of uh, tests of Canadiana or knowledge of Canadiana. I wonder how many people would pick out the Canadian bar from these four, Coffee Crisp, Cherry Blossom, O. Henry, and Snickers. I don't know how many people would know which one it is. I did not know. (laughs) (laughs) But you know now. (laughs) I do know now. Are you going to give the answer? (laughs) Uh, Okay, because I read the book. Coffee Crisp. Yes. I didn't know it was uh, strictly a Canadian bar. Yes, and it was not popular in the United States. I think it sat on the store shelves for about three years, (laughs) and um, they pulled it. So it really is something that uh, was made in Canada and for Canadians. What could be more Canadian than ending a sentence with A, eh? You give ten. Know, eh? <laughs> you you give examples of ten different ways to use a in conversation. Could we hear them? Yes, linguist Elaine Gold, who founded the Canadian Language Museum, identified ten ways in which Canadians use the word a. Number one, statement of opinion. Nice day, eh? Number two, statement of fact. It goes over here, eh? Number three, commands. Think about it, eh? Number four, exclamations. What a game, eh? Number five, questions. What are they trying to do, eh? Number six, to mean pardon. Eh? What did you say? Number seven, infixed expressions. Thanks, eh? Number eight, insults. You're a real snob, eh? Number nine, accusations. 
You took the last piece, eh? And number 10, telling a story, the narrative, eh? This guy is up on the 27th floor, eh? Then he gets out on the ledge, eh? <laughs> and so on. <laughs> You got you got several more than I would have guessed from the from the beginning. Good stuff. Yes, and then you actually sit down to to analyze it. I guess uh, it's it's much more widespread than we realized. A, you had obviously a lot of fun making this book. Uh, you have a puzzle in there. Uh, you have great illustrations by Alex McCaskill. You even write a poem to begin each chapter. When, yes. did, when did you formulate the idea of doing the book this way, or was it a, a well, long process? No, it was a very short process. I actually came up with the idea in June of 2016, and I had finished two drafts by September of 2016. Originally, I thought I was going to write a rhyming ABC book for children, and that's why I wrote the poems in the beginning. And so I just had the main poem. And then when I started realizing that there was so much more to talk about, (laughs) I switched the focus and made it more for older, well, teens, upper elementary, probably age 12 to adult. And then I added all the dictionary style entries and um, added the secondary rhymes to the the primary rhyme because I still liked the, the primary rhymes that I put in. Well, Elizabeth, thank you very much for speaking with me today. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. Elizabeth F. Hill is the author of All Boat Canada, A Compendium of Canadiana. It's published by Nimbus. If you want to hear more conversations with people who create books in Atlantic Canada, authors, illustrators, editors, and designers, we have dozens, all on bookmepodcast.ca. Tell everyone you know who's a reader. If you'd like to comment on a podcast like today's with Elizabeth, our email address is info at bookmepodcast.ca. Whenever we add a new interview, we post an alert on Instagram at bookmepodcast. If you're in the Lunenburg County area, you can hear one of our podcasts every evening on the nonprofit radio station CHLU 93.7 FM just before sign-off around 9 o'clock. Book Me is sponsored by Nimbus Publishing. Our producer is Robin Grant, and Laura Hines knows everything from A to Z about getting a podcast out on social media. I'm Costas Halavrezos. Now, let's go read. Read.